so in, in Joshua chapter 6 um, begins to talk about Jericho Jericho wasn't their first fight but it's their first city or first opposition or the first thing that the Lord may be asking each and every one of us in our life to uh, to fight against to take or to and all of that so I want to touch a little bit on that today and why you know somebody asked me why why seven you know why seven you know if I can say anything it's not by strength nor by might but it'll always be by the spirit of God amen the same God right here in Joshua is the same one that hovered over the face of the deep it's the same one talked about in the temple it's the same one that Jesus talks about in Revelation. It will not change, okay? It was expedient for him to go away so that he could send the spirit of truth, he calls him. All right? Uh, so let's read a little bit, just a couple of scriptures. And it says in uh, chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And you shall come past the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. You shall do this six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall come past the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout, with a great shout and the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him and there's going to be a lot that we're going to do in Joshua but there's something about this season right here um, crossing over the Jordan and it's imperative like I said last week for us to you know cross over the Jordan but that crossing over takes place when you and I get to that aha moment in our life to where we're done with our ways and we still some of us still got our ways going but more and more the Lord is pushing us to give up our ways to give up the way that we think things should be uh, the sins that so easily beset us you know uh, you know uh, the things that we do that are contrary to his word you know we still have a lifestyle sometimes that's you know on the other side of the Jordan when the children of Israel they complained and they wanted to rise up and play, and they, they, they looked at the other nations and what the other nations were doing. The other nations were playing the lottery. <laughs> the other nations was partying all night long. You know, the other nations were down with OPP. The other nations were doing all this other crazy stuff, and it appealed to their flesh. But the Lord was always trying to work on our heart all the time. He wanted us to be a peculiar people. He wanted us, he says, uh, Moses would teach him, if you would love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy mind and with all thy soul, and with all your strength you know that's a place that I'm sorry that when we come into the Lord we're just not accustomed to because we still love some of the things over here and when you begin to take a long look at yourself what do you really love because you know like the, I was listening to these uh, different people talk and they were talking about relationships and they said if a man really loves a woman he gonna pursue her but if you gotta keep calling that man that man really don't love you <laughs> you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna gravitate to the things we love. If I put 
25 different style donuts up there. You're going to look over the table, but you're going to grab the one that you love the best. I don't care if that one ain't there. Sometimes people will walk away from the table and be like, ah, I'm good. I really like X, Y, and Z. So we gravitate to the things that we love. So God is like, if you, if you can have a circumcised heart, that that heart could be changed where it could love him more than anything else. You'll have more money in your pocket because you know how money just, it gets so hot in your hand, you got to go spend it. Income tax is already spent. I mean, you, the money ain't even hit your account yet. It ain't even in your pocket. It's already spent. People just, we, you know, we're so, we're bred to be so compulsive that we got to have. And we don't need it. You know, you see something. You got 10 pairs of shoes and you see another one. And I know they look good. But why are we going to buy it? It doesn't make sense. But it's something about this flesh. When this flesh is going crazy, it's like a runaway train. I tell you all the time, it takes it takes a while to slow that train down. And only God can slow it down because it doesn't make sense to us. And sometimes when your money is all gone, I always ask, you know, my kids or I ask different people, what what did you spend it on? And what do you have to show for it today? And everything they spent it on, <laughs> they don't have none of it but a memory that's literally what it is but the enemy is continually um, always trying to steal kill and destroy but when you cross over you know most of the time the enemy is very aggressive in your life he's on your phone he's 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 got people places and things all around you always putting pressure on you you know, as soon as you leave church, like I tell you, all the time he's waiting at the door to pick up the conversation that he just had with you. And it's not until you really begin to seek God that you realize, man, that there's somebody else that is um, trying to get your attention. There's, there's things that you want in life. Do you hear me? And I hear people, sometimes people want to be rich. They say, I'm not even thinking about being rich. You know, my mindset has changed into where, you know, um, you know, when you only have a little bit of time left. And we don't know how much time we have, but we got to be conscious about time. Even though people are not conscious about time. And there's a scripture where it says you got to work while it's day because nighttime is coming. And we're not going to be able to work. Josiah, like we talked about, what, a, a month ago, didn't know at 39 years old he was going to be gone. People just don't know it. You know, we just think that tomorrow is promised and tomorrow is not promised, not to scare anybody. But what if you had a chance and you knew that, you know, this time next year, your life was over? How would you live out the rest of your year? And what would be important to you? What would you do? What would you, what would you do? What would you work on? What would be your lasting thing that you want to leave to everybody? Because the world is going to go by and they're going to forget you. Yeah, they will. People's tears will dry up. You'll be just a little memory on the wall. You ever go in somebody's house, you look at pictures on the wall? Mm-hmm. That's all you're going to be. What kind of impact are you going to make while you got breath in your body? The Lord says, please work while it's day. God is going to stop begging us. You know that? Like a parent begs a child. Can you just please? Come on now. But sometimes we just can't see it. As grown-ups, you can feel the Spirit of God calling to you and telling you, come on, man. Psalms 37 and 4, delight thyself in the Lord. But we can't even make it past delight. 
and that's and that's tough and that's the thing sometimes that I feel in my heart and it's a constant struggle but it's time to go over to the other side it's time to leave the things that mark once behind and it's time to go forward and uh and 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 get the things that you know sometimes the Lord knows exactly what you desire and you don't know what you exactly desire I like peace and quiet you know that you know, you grew up in a city and you, and you love the limelight and all the music and everything going on today, man. When it's so peaceful, man, that's the best thing in the world. And peace is greater than anything that you'll ever find on planet Earth. The Lord said, I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. He says, I'm going to bring you to a place of what? Rest. And I'm telling you, sometimes it's hard to rest. But anyway, when you cross over in your life, to that place where you're worshiping God with your life. It's going to happen. I believe that if you stay with the Lord, it's not the Red Sea crossing that I'm worried about. I thank the Lord for when I got saved, and I thank for the baptism, like Sister Sheila was talking about and sharing her testimony of being baptized. It's the Jordan River where I died to myself. Is that once you cross that place, all of a sudden the enemy has to take notice of you. Because we say it all the time, free people, free other people. You're not concerned about yourself, okay? You can give two cents about you, but you start to take a look at your family and the people in the community, and you start to talk about how to make an impact to get those people um, out of lockdown, okay? It says that Jesus... Uh, healed all those that were oppressed by the devil. When you go back and read that statement, all the people and everything that you see go through, um, all the things that transpired in the New Testament, saying that the devil <laughs> was behind most of it. And it said that Jesus, think about all the people he was just healing. And like I tell you all the time, John says, when you read the end of John, he said he did so many things that the books at his time couldn't contain everything. But he just went around healing everybody oppressed with, uh, by the devil. I mean, people with lunacy, people that were dead, people that were struggling. I mean, he was just, he was just making an open show of the enemy. But when you and I cross over, remember he talks about greater works and what he wants us to do. He starts to talk to us about, hey, man, um, some, some are going to do exactly what I've done and some shall do greater. Okay, so he talks about this place right here, Jericho. It said it was shut up. Once you cross over, the enemy, remember when the man in the tombs, he was out there cutting himself, and they would chain him up, and he would break the chains, and his name was Legion, they called him. They always call you based on what the, your issue is. If you're on crack, they call you crackhead. If you were drunk, they say that old drunkard over there. Whatever your ailment is, that's what becomes your name, and, and they called him Legion because that's how many demons were inside of him. But as soon as the boat was about to touch shore. He came running to Jesus. Came running. The enemy has to respond to you. May not be messing with you now, but I'm telling you right now, when you cross over and it's not about you, the scripture says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters. You begin to become dangerous. It's amazing when when the FBI said that Martin Luther King was the most dangerous man on the planet at that time, the greatest threat to the nation, because he said you can't fight hate with hate. The only thing you can fight it with is love. So now Jericho was straightly shut up, verse 1. 
because of the children of Israel, not the same children of Israel that were in the wilderness. These are the children of Israel that crossed over, okay? And when they crossed over, they crossed over on dry land like in the Red Sea. And when they crossed over, these kids, this group of men and women, were very serious about the Scripture. They were very serious about living their life right before the Lord. And you saw these young men and women, or the young men got circumcised again. They wanted to be right. Hey, how come we're not circumcised? How come we weren't circumcised? How come Moses didn't circumcise us? And you see Joshua stop and say, because you want to be right. You begin to look at the word of God and say, how come we don't tithe? How come we don't fast? How come we ain't praying like they're praying? How come we're not doing the things that are written? When you begin to, to go through this book like Josiah did, and you begin to read it, and you begin to get upset. Like, why wasn't this taught to me? Why am I living like this? If God is real, why is this like this? Something begins to change in your mind because you begin to question everything that you've ever learned and say, I'm not doing that. I'm going to walk this out. It's no different than fixing a car and realizing that somebody done put the thing together wrong. <laughs> the thing is, it turns on, it don't go nowhere. It's like a diet when you realize that somebody gave you the information to the diet wrong. <laughs> you know, all you got to do is do X, Y, and Z, and that'll change. Instruction and obedience to the instruction is proud. You're already saved. But when you get to a place where you begin to look at the word of God and begin to apply the word of God, you become a very dangerous man or woman. The enemy has to take notice of you. They had to take notice of Dr. Martin Luther King because it wasn't just black people waking up. White people were waking up. Brown people were waking up. Green people were waking up. Red people were waking up. And he wasn't just in the United States talking about God. He started going to other countries and began to talk about the problems and issue. It wasn't just racism. It was the poverty that was all over the world. When he began to travel, they would say, come over here and see the places that they don't show you on television. I'm going to show you what's going on. And they took him to real ghettos that he didn't see in the United States. The homelessness and the poverty was incredible. The Vietnam War and the way they were fighting based on money. He was like, we're, we're, letting, we're letting children die because of what? Imagine your son or daughter, your brother or sister, dead because of what? For who? For what? And he began to talk about that, and somebody had to kill him. And years later, they sued the American government and won for killing that man. Does anybody ever know? None of us ever knew that because it never was televised. He tells Joshua when they cross over and they get themselves right. Listen, they had the Passover. They circumcised themselves. You know what I'm saying? They took the stones up out the river. And God said, don't forget this day. Tell your children about it in case things go wrong and they want to. You remember that scripture that we always talk about and uh, uh, that, you know, if my people who are called by my name would turn from their wicked ways and pray and seek my face, I'll heal their land. He said, take these stones up out of here. So if the children start to see the nation go down, they'll remember. They can go to the book and they wrote it down in the book how God brought them out. Okay. He brought them out. He turned it around and made it in their favor. So here we are at Jericho, and, and the Lord tells, he spoke to him previously in chapter 5. 
the captain of the host was talking to Joshua. But now in chapter 6, when he's sending him for his first battle, you've got to have your first battle. What is your first battle? What seems to be off limits to you? Or it says Jericho was shut up. The commandment is Jericho belongs to us. But Jericho shut its doors and its walls were high and it was impenetrable by armies. And they just gave up trying to get Jericho. And it sounds like people tell you, you can't get that because you need credit. You'll never get that job. You'll never have this. You'll never have that. And society tries to put you in the box or tries to tell you that it's shut up. But the Lord tells Joshua, see, I have given into thy hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. I'm giving you their army. I'm giving you the king and his army. Whatever's on the other side of that wall, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you that. And Joshua is listening. Do you understand that? Joshua is listening to what is going on. Listening to what the Lord is telling him. And verse 3 says, and you shall compass the city, all the men of war, and go round about the city once. You will do this for six days. Now, I know when people read this, this doesn't really make much sense, does it? We don't really know why. You know, somebody asked me that, Pastor Mark, I really don't get this whole seven thing. And I'm like this, man, you know what, man? I used to didn't get seven either. Seven just didn't make no sense. That's a lot of walking to me. I got other things to do. You know what I'm saying? Can't we just build one of those little uh, Roman horses and we all sit up in there and play spades until they bring us in the wall? <laughs> we playing dominoes and we feel ourselves, hey, y'all, they bringing us in. They bringing us in. And then when they go to sleep, we all come out the horse and start killing them. Can't we do it that way? You know? But he's given us, listen, when everybody says you've got to have credit to get it, when everybody says, oh, you'll never get that, when everybody says that is shut up and you begin to pray, you've got to have a prayer life, y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You've got to fast. Some things don't change but by what? Fasting and praying. You've got to study scripture because he says, uh, my word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. He's given us, it's an open book test, and he's given us all the answers for it. And he tells him, he says, I want all of y'all to go around the city six times. But then he says, and then I want you to get seven priests uh, shall bear uh, the ark, seven trumpets of ram's horns. So get seven priests with seven ram's horns, and then we're going to have the priests carrying the ark of the covenant, symbolic of our, our Lord and Savior. And on the seventh day, you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet it says all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him he gives us the plan to bring down whatever Jericho was in our life. And I don't care what it is in your life. I don't care how old you are. You may have a Jericho at school or in the neighborhood. It may be a bully or it could be a teacher. It could be anything going on. As parents, we got our own battles. You know, it just seems like every time we turn around, something is going on. But if we're still living like the ones that were on the other side of the Jordan River, wandering, not listening, not obeying, still playing the fool, which sometimes we do. We got to get tired of that lifestyle. 
Y'all know how people go to church for 30 and 40 years. They just go to church, but they're not going to church to change. They'll say, oh, pastor preached today. Oh, so-and-so preached today. But they go home, but they're not. it's not a, a, a word that they've received to where it produces change. Joshua, when he was preaching it, it brought about a change. Those young people said, okay, Joshua, well, we going, but you better handle your business too. That's what they told him. We going over to fight. We're going to go do our part in the promises that we made, but you better be strong and of a good courage. I don't know what was up with Joshua. Maybe he was a little soft in his heart. I don't know what it is, but the Lord commanded him to be strong and of a good courage. But if you read a little bit later, the men said, we'll go with you, but Junior, don't you punk out on us. If we're going down here to take this place down here, we don't want to turn around and start throwing blows and you back up on the hill with mama and them. If we go, we all go. That's what they were saying. We're going to follow you the same way that we followed Moses. And matter of fact, and if anybody doesn't want to follow you, we'll kill them ourselves. Snitching, we'll get stitches. <laughs> we're going to handle this. Matter of fact, you got all of our respect, Joshua. You better be strong and of a good courage. You better handle your business. If you're supposed to pray, you better go pray. We don't want to see you over there playing games. Some men of God, man, I don't care, you're still a man. Some women of God, you're still a woman. You want to sit out there and play. We can't play. There's too much at stake. And Joshua continued to pray and seek God's face. And we see that before the battle of Jericho because the Lord gives him the plan to take down Jericho. It makes no sense to nobody. Do you know that? But we talk about Isaiah chapter 11. We talk about the seven spirits that are before the throne of God. Do y'all remember that? Do y'all really remember that? So I'm like, I don't know. Because you know what? We can't see it. We don't, we don't understand what Zechariah is talking about. We're looking at here, and it looks like it's a physical battle. We got 40,000 soldiers coming across the Jordan. Is it based on 40,000 soldiers? Is it based on how much you know? Is it based on the color of your skin? The Lord is going to show us what it's based on. He says the number seven, does he not? He said seven ram's horns. Do you know the first time the ram was introduced was when Abraham was taking Isaac up the hill to sacrifice him? And the ram was caught in the thicket? And we call it now Jehovah Jireh? The Lord will provide. He provided a ram. The next time we hear the, the, uh, talking about a ram is we see it in Exodus chapter 20 when the, the sound of the horn waxed louder and louder and it seemed like the angel was playing a horn. And then all of a sudden we see Israel begin to blow this horn and now you see it again. They got seven horns. And that ram's horn, symbolic of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is going before it. You hear me? But what about the Holy Spirit? You know, somebody asked me that. They said, Rev, what do you think about this number seven? Like, how does that mean? They're trying to figure it all out. I said, oh, man, I put my hand up. I said, you know how Junior put his hand up? I put my hand up. I said, oh, I know the answer to that. I know the answer to it. And I'm going to give you the answer, too. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 11. We're going to walk through this thing, and I'm going to bring you all the way through it. And that way in the future... If somebody asks you, you say, oh, man, I know the answer to that one. But we got to see it for ourselves. 
I'm going to buy some notebooks for some of y'all that like to keep notes. Isaiah chapter 11. I'm going to do it again. What is this? Repetitious, right? We're going into geometry, but we had to first learn what? Addition and subtraction. After addition and subtraction, what came? Multiplication. After multiplication, what comes? Fractions. After fractions, we start getting into what? Algebra 1. Algebra 2. Geometry, calculus, we start, you know, but you got to have the basics down first. Okay, you can't go to calculus if you haven't, all right? We're in Isaiah chapter 11. And we're going to walk through this again so we can see what is going on here. Because if you just look with your natural eye, you're going to think that we need to get a whole bunch of people to take down Jericho. We need some different weapons, and we need this and that to pull the walls down or scale the walls. We need a Trojan horse to hide in. We need something. But in Isaiah chapter 11, it talks to us about a little something, which we shared, and I know I shared a couple of times, and I'm going to share it today for you so that we can walk on through this thing, okay? And it says in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, it says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. These are the seven spirits before the throne of God. Amen? Do y'all get that? Now, it still doesn't really tell you what it is until we go over to Romans, I mean, Revelation chapter 1. Let's jump over there. I don't want to hold you long today. I want to go ahead and get you on up out of here so we can go do what we got to do. And if some of y'all don't know, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. In Revelations chapter 1, verse 11, we just want to read some of this so we can kind of get an understanding. And then we're going to jump over to Zechariah so Zechariah can kind of sum it all up, okay? Because we have to know how they conquered Jericho. We have to know how did Joshua know to do this. So, Verse 11 says in Revelations chapter 1, is everybody there? Okay, just hold on. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. It says here, I am Alpha and Omega. This is Jesus talking. The first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches. Why seven churches? Which are in Asia in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. Why not the church in Jerusalem? Huh? Why not the church in Caesarea where we knew Philip went with his daughters? Why are they talking about specifically seven churches? And John says in verse 12, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven uh, candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, 
and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. And his feet were like fine brass, and they burned in the furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was that the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. He said, Write those things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw on my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks talks about the seven stars of the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches so we're like what is this but then when we go over to Zechariah chapter 4 y'all know where Zechariah is at amen y'all know where Matthew was at and just start going back. You got Malachi, then you got Zechariah. Okay? And we're going to be looking at chapter 4. And this is an interesting book by Zechariah because if you start to look at chapter 3, I, I was like, is this Joshua they're talking about? Or is this some other dude they're talking about? Is this symbolic? Or is this real? All right. Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4 is, there's a very familiar passage of scripture that you'll hear people quote all the time. So if you're wondering what is going on in chapter 6 of Joshua, the Bible will always what? explain itself I was talking with my buddy I said hey man remember that scripture is it's not by strength nor by might but by his spirit they were like yeah yeah what book was that in they said Mario Zechariah chapter 4 I said yeah man that's pretty cool but you know what after I got finished explaining everything and we went to Zechariah chapter 4 and began to look at it you know sometimes you go through different books but you're not really going through them you ever be reading but you ain't really reading you done read like seven verses, but you ain't really read it. But then sometimes you're really reading, you know. The audio, the verses, because sometimes I'm just tired. I don't want to read, but I'm not, can't go to sleep. So I'll just put the chapter on. Or I'll put the whole book on and I'll just hit play. And I'm sitting back listening to it. My mind goes in thought. But boy, I started reading this right here. And I was like, man, as many times as I've explained the Holy Spirit, Zachariah, as many times as we might have read it. And we, most of the time we get, we were like a laser. We just go in and get the verse we want and leave. But this day, man, I sat there and I, I read it and I said, this is incredible. But in chapter four, it begins to talk about, and it says, and the angel that talked with me came again and walked me as a man or waked me as a man. I'm sorry about that. That is waking out of his sleep. Everybody ever wake you up before? And said unto me, what seest thou? And he said, I have looked and behold a candlestick, all of gold with a bowl upon the top uh, of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof. 
and two olive trees by it, one on, upon the right side of the bowl and the other on the left side thereof. So, the, so I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, You don't know what these are? And sometimes that's what we are. We don't know what they are. Have no clue. And he said, No, my lord. And he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So he starts to talk to him about the seven golden candlesticks. You know, we know the seven golden candlesticks is the Holy Spirit. We know that's the only light in the temple. You know, later on when you start to go through Revelation and, you start to, and, and Jesus starts to talk about the seven golden candlesticks like I told you guys before, imagine him saying to you, I'm going to take your candlestick and I'm just going to move it. You know, some people, man, we see them in church and things like that, and they're not in church no more because something has been moved. Sometimes our refusal to listen and to obey and trust God, sometimes God, you know what I'm saying? He just, without the Holy Spirit, man, you got nothing. You have no word. When you, when you, you can hear the word, but you really can't hear the word. You can read the word, but you really can't read it because it's the spirit of God that illuminates the word of God. It's the spirit of God that when Jesus speaks, will take it and, and give it to you. The spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. When God was speaking, the spirit of God began to move and work things out. And I'm telling you, even though the captain of the host was talking to Joshua, it's the spirit of God that said, hey, man, it's not by strength nor by might. It's by the spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will begin to speak to you and tell you how to do things that other people only dream about. He's in every aspect of your life. He's not just for church anymore. <laughs> you know, it ain't we got to get an organ play. It ain't just for dancing anymore. It ain't just for speaking in tongues anymore. The Holy Spirit's job, just like in John chapter 16, is to convince the whole world what sin is. Do you know that? to teach us everything about Jesus. He said, you don't need that any man teach you. He says, I'll teach you. I'll show you what's going on. It's very, very important for us to have an awesome prayer life, a consistent prayer life. Have some type of devotional where you're studying the word of God because God is going to give you the secrets that he's not giving everybody else. Because nobody defeated Jer Jericho. Jericho was there forever. They built those walls and things like that for a reason. They didn't want to be bothered. Some places don't want to let you go live there. You see still to this day, black people move in certain areas and folks don't want them there. You can move in any other area, but you can't move in this area. You can get any other job, but you can't get this job. We're still trying to get black head coaches in the NFL. Do you understand what I'm saying? In a predominantly black league. That's like you go into Africa and, and, and none of the sports players are black. <laughs> Everybody's of a different color. You're like, wait a minute, the whole continent is like 90% black. We don't got one black person? Ah, uh, Nah, well, you see, you know, really? And we think we're going to come against people places or things 
with our strength and all these other little things. No, you're not. So Jesus says some things don't change, but by what? Fasting and praying, and then the Lord will give you the secret to take it out of your life, to remove it. The disciples said, how come we can't cast it out? <laughs> you ain't spending no time with God. Every time I ask y'all to pray, you sleepy. You got something to do. Or there's a movie on that you got to go watch. You love the things of the world more than you love me. When Peter, you know, started to spend more time with the Lord, God used him to go to Cornelius' house to save him. Do you understand that? When Paul was on a Damascus road, the Lord spoke to him and said, you're persecuting me. Then the Lord told him, he said, man, go, go over there, man, to X, Y, and Z. You see my boy Ananias. God is always in company with somebody here on planet Earth all the time. And God wants you and I to be the same type of laborer. Do you understand that? He wants you to go possess the land. He says, I got a land for you, but you're going to have to fight when you get there. Them people ain't giving it to you just, uh, listen, he said, I know it's my land, but I need you to evict somebody. Tell them that it's my land and that I'm giving it to you. When they came in here, they're, they're, look, they're at the door of Jericho saying, listen, man, we, we're serving you this eviction notice. You got, you got three days to get up. Matter of fact, you got seven days, six days. The seventh day, we're breaking the door down. And they end up partying like, whatever. <laughs> he said on the seventh day, sing that, play that song, Joshua. You know, you make me want to shout. Shout. Come on. And, and when they shouted and the walls came down, listen, you got to remember the plan was don't get, stay in your lane. People want to start running in other people's lane. He said, go straight before you, Chris. Don't be crossing nobody over, jumping in somebody else. He said, whatever's before you, kill what's in front of you. That's what he said. Kill what's in front of you. But what if Shaquille O'Neal is in front? Kill Shaquille O'Neal. I gave you the land. I'm giving, I'm giving you the battle. What if they start to want to run my credit? I've given you the vehicle. I've given you the house. I've given you the land. I've given you everything with it. Just go straight in there and get it. Well, what about this? We start playing with our, in our mind. Well, what if this happens? What, go straight in there and get it. And you will never, ever cross over without having that relationship with the Spirit of God. It starts with our obedience is so much better than the sacrifice. To get an opportunity to become a soldier. You know, nowadays, you got to take a test. The test for God is just... With your heart, do you believe? And with your mouth, do you confess that Jesus is Lord? Well, yeah. And then people think that they've arrived and it's over with. He says, no. I'm going to send you to boot camp. Well, how long is boot camp? Because, you know, I want to get back home. Well, it's up to you. It could either be three days or it could be 40 years. And even after the 40 years, you might not get in. And people are like, are you serious right now? Yeah, I'm serious right now. People wander for 40 years, and he said, when God, you ever swear to somebody, I swear, the next time I see you, I'm going to punch you so hard in your face. You ever swear to somebody like that? You ever just say, I swear, you ain't never getting nothing from me again. You ever, you ever swear like that? Well, the Bible says, the Lord said, I swear by myself, 
Y'all get on my last nerves. You will never see my rest. And they never saw it. And these are the people that he brought out of Egypt, the ones that were baptized in the Moses. He said, I swear you'll never own nothing down. You'll die penniless telling people that you go to church. He says, that's, that's how I'm living. And you think I'm a joke. And God said, you think I'm a joke? Moses, you think it was you? You ain't seeing nothing either. Get out of here with that. And God will give it to whom he wants to. Those that have a broken and contrite heart and respect to his ways, he says, I'll give you. If you delight yourself in me, I shall. Don't play with my delight. He says, if you delight in me, and delighting is praying, studying, reading, and spending time. Well, I got to do that my whole life. He ain't asking for your whole life. He's asking for you. You know how it is when you got a significant other? When you got a crush on somebody? You still got to go to work. You still going to school. You still doing things. But after football's over, boop, 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 boop. What up? I was waiting for you to call. Yeah. Practice. Oh, you know how to get that time in. Trying to shine next week. I know you're trying to shine. Yeah, what you doing? You got to put your time in first, Chris. You know what I'm saying? But as soon as practice over, Corinthian on the phone like this, boo, it's 6.04. I just got off. I was just saying I was thinking about you. I'm sorry. Four minutes went by. They already on the phone. You know, that's delighting. But when all of a sudden it turns to be 9 o'clock in the morning, you're like, Jesus on the phone. Jesus on the phone? Yeah, he's on the phone. <laughs> Tell him I'm in the shower. I'll be there. <laughs> Jesus is like, okay, all right. All right, well, I'm going to make sure that the way is prosperous for you to get here. I swear, that Negro right there, if I call Mark one more time, <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. I'm going to shut his car down. When I shut the car down and it ain't working, he's going to be calling on me every day. Hey, Jesus. What's up, Mark? Hey, I'm just trying to see what you're doing. My car down. I got, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to reach out to you. Oh, your car down? Yeah, well, I'm thinking about another one, trying to see if you got one laying around. I might, man. Let me get back with you. Click. Calling Jesus. Jesus, did you, did you see anything? Oh, man, I'm over here in, in, in Asia right now. It's a little tsunami. I'll call you right back. Jesus let me sit out there for a whole year calling him. Because when I had the time to call him, oh, shoot, I had to rise up and play with Aaron and them. <laughs> Aaron and them was like Luther Vangels. You know, they had that bad boy party. Remember that party? Oh, yeah. Do, 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 do. All right. Y'all know that because y'all young. We're going to sneak out tonight. Yeah. We're going to tip by the wind. You know. I had time to play, y'all. But then when life come on me, the Lord like, what you want? Oh, the only reason why you on the phone with me and whatnot, because somebody whipping your behind right about now. And that's what's going to happen. People want to play and things like that. The Lord's like, I ain't got time to play. He's like, I'm trying to give you the world. He's like, I don't need you. How many times did Moses tell them, man, he could take these rocks right here and make children? So blatantly, like he's just trying to get into our head, like why do you want that when you can have this? And them people went and possessed the land, and I'm telling you, man, there's some miraculous things. that Listen, the Holy Spirit is doing things with the children of Israel in the book of Joshua it ain't written no other place. I'm, miraculous things. And I know it looks like a fable. 
I know you're like, well, where's the miraculous? I'm telling you, God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the Lord thy God. I change if not. The problem is, man, the distractions that distract you and I from the word and from really see. I'm telling you, as soon as church is over, man, somebody's calling your name like that to detain you from getting what you need. I can't say it enough. My mindset changes. I want things. I'm going to the Lord like, look, man, I'm not leaving until you bless me. That's what Jacob said. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Come on now. Let me go. Prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known unto the Lord. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and said, Lord, let it not be so. And before the prophet got down the steps, the Lord said, go back and tell Hezekiah I'm giving him another 15 years to me. I don't know if you ever read that before. I know we went through it in Bible study, but that is amazing to me. Adding 15 years? I know, what was, what was Hezekiah's like? Getting 15, when your de- death is at the door, but the Lord says, I- I'm going to give you 15 more years. What do you do in 15 years? I went skydiving. Remember that little crazy song? Rocky Mountain climbing. <laughs> Parachuting and everything. He wanted to live his life, man, like he was dying. He said, I'm going to treat everybody right. I'm going to forgive everybody. I'm going to do what the good book was asking me to do. Because you know 15 years ain't nothing, but that, that's like two weeks. Ask us people that are old. We go 15 years for like two weeks, don't it? Yeah. For like two weeks ago, I was 15 years. goes by like that. Right now, you're young. You can't see it. 15 years is going to feel like two weeks to you pretty soon. Because you're going to know, where did the time go? How did that happen? I was too busy playing. Today, man, we ain't got time to play. We, we're crossing over, and, we, and, it, and it's so important for us to cross over because that's where legacies begin. The wealth of the wicked you know the people that are wicked that are riding on riding in these in, in all this niceness and living in all these night places. The Bible says their wealth is laid up for you and I. And when they went in here to possess the land, and they were going straight forward and attacking anything in front of them, do you know what type of wealth was behind the walls of Jericho? You really don't know. And they were like, man, did you see all this stuff up in here? And God says, I own all of that. I own all of that. So it's not like, I don't know. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's a relationship with God. God is a spirit, and those that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. So every time you pick up that thing to smoke, Every time you pick up that thing to drink, every time you take stuff that don't belong to you, every time you're cussing somebody out, every time you're doing what the Bible says, thou shalt not, the scriptures will testify against you. They ain't ready. They ain't ready. They ain't ready. They don't want to go because they don't want to live by my word. They don't trust me. I ain't the apple of their eye. I'm, we may be the apple of his eye. But he ain't the apple of our eye. We still got other things in our heart that we enjoy more. And I'm telling you, we're praying about stuff and we, that we want God to change, but we're not willing to change. When you cross over the Jordan River, you are willing to change and do whatever God is asking. If I could have my parents back again and they tell me to go sit my behind down, I would sit my behind down just for a moment to hear that voice. And some of y'all whose parents 
have passed over. Would love to hear that. Hey, you better have your behind in before the lights go on. My mind going nowhere. I'm staying inside with you. Why are you in here with me, man? I don't know how much long I got you. The day will come. Mama going to be gone. Daddy going to be gone. How did you treat him? Did you honor thy father and mother that you may live long? Or did you give him your behind the kiss and now you wonder what's coming down the pike for you? What did you sow? Because what you sowed sometimes is what we reap. Okay? God says my word will not return void. Okay, well, you still going to give You better think about what's coming out your mouth. Very mountains that testify against you. So think about the life that we're living. And don't do it for all the, you know, some rappers out there, I'm going to get rich or die trying. Come on now. That's not what it's about. Who can find a virtuous woman? Because her husband's heart safely trusts in her. When the Bible starts saying, who can find a virtuous woman? <laughs> You're like, wait, ain't so-and-so. The Lord's like, who can find a virtuous woman? Do <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You're like, and people always want to put their hand, I'm virtuous. Like, oh, no, we're talking about who can find a virtuous woman. <laughs> that means that some man is looking. And if they walk by you, there's a problem. Do <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? More precious than all the money in the world. Be daughters of Sarah. Stop watching these women on these poles and running around here with these little tights on and learn how to dress like your father is watching you. Because, listen, it's not by your body. It ain't by your makeup. It ain't by your attitude. He says, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. You'll get what you want. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to be a woman and put women around you and teach you how to be a man and put men around you. So the other men are running out here with their pants sagging. Why somebody Why somebody want to see a man's behind? I don't know. Ask any woman. She ain't into that. <laughs> ain't no woman saying, I really like it. I really like women want to see it. Like Nobody wants to see that. But some other man that's off in his head. And why you want to show it to him, I don't know. I don't get down like that. <laughs> As for me and my house, we straight. Now, if your house got a little curve to it, that's on you. All right? I'm straight. I don't need you to see me shower. I want to shower with you. And if I'm showering, I'm in the bed. I don't need you looking over at my stall seeing what I'm doing. There's a problem. Keep your eyes straight, pimping. <laughs> if you can't, go to the woman's bathroom. All right? Because in here, we men. We, we fly straight. People get mad at me all they want. That's just how I'm feeling. All right? You don't need to see nothing I got. And I don't want you over there looking like, you know what I'm saying? Your pants really sagging, Mark. Man, you need to get up. Get up. I ain't sagging. Nothing sagging on me. I don't need you to see. That's just how I'm feeling now. I know what the world is doing. And they make living in sin cool. But God is like, listen, I don't need you following them. I need you following me. And I'm going to give you everything that you ever dreamed of and more. All right? But don't be out here playing the harlot on me. Don't be out here running these streets and everything like that on me. And that, that's all. That's man, woman, boy, and girl. Because people will serve him until they get what they want. You ever see a woman be with a man until she get what she wants? Then she with his friend. He with that woman because, you know, that, that one movie that uh, Tyler Perry did with the, the boy got with the woman just to get her money. That was sad right there. I forgot what the name of that movie was, but that was sad right there. Oh, was, fall from grace. Ooh-wee. Boy, that movies are tough, ain't they? Yeah. Well, they hurt you, boy. You're like, ooh, Tyler, stop writing that stuff now. 
People will be in your life just to get what you want. All right? But if you if you trust the Lord, you know, if you trust and walk in all his ways, Deuteronomy 28, we can't read it enough. People keep saying, you save, you good, just tithe. Oh, really? You better go over and read Deuteronomy 28. Because when you begin not to do what the Lord is asking you to do, he says, all these curses will come upon you. But if you do what I ask you to do, then you'll be blessed. And people say, that's the law. The law is done away. We live in Jesus. So as long as I accept Jesus, I can be whatever I want to be. Don't judge me. I'll tell you right now, Jesus is the one that gave us the law. Okay? He's the one, that, he's the one that's speaking, and the Holy Spirit is moving on men to write it out. I don't know if anybody else reads the book. Maybe I'm reading wrong. It's just, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, not two, not three. He said, me and my father are one. So I, what Jesus here said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So the word of God is so important. And Joshua and the sons of Israel, they were serious about keeping it. And if anybody made a mistake, we'll check that out last week. If you feel like going rogue, you can go rogue if you want to. They're going to show you what being rogue is. Amen? God has too much for us our life is just a vapor I don't know how long it's going to be but please give God your undivided attention and if any man or boy or girl woman asks for a fish will the Lord give them a stone mm -mm. how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to all them that ask the Holy Spirit and when you get the Holy Spirit in your life I'll tell you right now who can be against you? All the, all the dreams and everything that you want to be, the Holy Spirit will give you the key to make it happen in your life, all right? He'll change your attitude. He'll change everything about you, all right? But that's all I have. So come on, y'all, let's pray our way out.